Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Cash rules everything around me. Green, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, yo. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the FTM Fantasy Baseball Podcast, episode 16 of the 2023 fantasy baseball season. I'm Vlad Sedler. You can find me on Twitter at Rotogut. I'm with my co-host, Matthew Davis, at Matty Wood on Twitter. We're recording on Tuesday the evening, Tuesday evening, May the 9th. And uh, yeah, here we are, 20% of the season complete, a big chunk of the season left. How are you doing, my man? I saw you... Uh, I saw you in prime seats for, uh, it was a Brewer game, was it? Not a Cubs game, right? Yeah, I was up in Milwaukee, a one-hour drive from Northbrook, Illinois. So I went up there by myself, stopped it at the Brat Stop in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Shout out to anybody that knows that place. It's fantastic, great place to get a brat and a beer. And then went to the Dodgers and Brewers game by myself and watched uh, the Dodgers get uh, their ke- teeth kicked in. But it was a great time because the seats were awesome and... Uh, you just can't beat it. I, there's no chance that you could go to Dodger Stadium uh, with ease that I did and sit in a seat like that for um, the price that it costs. So uh, really thriving for uh, my second year here or second baseball season, I should say, while living in Illinois. So I've been enjoying, you know, traveling around just a little bit and going to plenty of games. So I've been to six this season thus far. And uh, I got home and watched the Lakers game. I actually stayed up for this entire one, too. So um, shout out to me for being able to stay up past 11 p.m. <laughs> nice, man. Nice. Yes. We know you are an early riser. Go uh, go to bed early. I'm, I'm kind of the flip side. Uh, I'm usually up writing, researching or whatnot till uh, you know, 11, 12. Usually my wife is usually up working late. And if... Uh, Sometimes we get to catch up on some shows. Sometimes it takes us a couple of nights or even a few day delay to be able to watch like whatever our Sunday HBO show is like a uh, succession. Uh, by the way, Curb Your Enthusiasm is uh, going to be back for one final season. And that's going to be sometime, I think, either in the summer or in the or the fall. Uh, but yeah, Larry David and the crew is back. That is that's one of my favorite shows uh, of all time. I, I, one of those shows that I can always just click on any random episode and just be completely enthused it's fantastic that is probably the best news that we will provide this evening but thank you for joining us because yes now we will talk about starting pitchers in major league baseball not as fun um you know what i wanted to kind of start things off it's not necessarily a rant but uh i don't know man i'm kind of feeling like fantasy baseball has been been super maddening this year and maybe i'm just overthinking it overdoing it First of all, I just want to say in general, it is just, I mean, to be honest, it is harder. Like 
over the years, like in the 2000s and, you know, through the 2010s, I feel like I was just crushing everywhere I went. And like now these last few seasons have been a little bit more humbling. Competition is tougher. Uh, I'm constantly learning things from other people, um, not only in the industry, but some of the high stakes players, some non high stakes players. There's just so much information to, uh, you know, to take in. Uh, but it, it really, uh, for me, the issue has been maybe like over, over worrying about these pitching starts, right? Like, I don't think we've really been used to in, in quite some time where pitchers will just throw up six, seven earn runs uh, in any given game. And you start to see your ERAs in the fours that you're not used to in some cases in the fives. And it just feels like this hole that you're, you've climbed into that you can't get out of. And so, um, yeah, it, it's been, it, it, how do I put this? It hasn't been the best for the mental health, which is really silly because mm-hmm. we're supposed to love this supposed to be fun. Uh, but then also a part of me is, is super competitive. I want to beat the best of the best. I think I'm one of the best. And so I, you know, it, it hurts. It really stings. And then Monday night ended up having a nice string of starts for the most part. All my pitchers did all right. Uh, and, and I was happy about it, but it's just like a day-to-day feel because you don't know what you're going to expect the next day and where things go. And then like little things like, you know, Max Scherzer been waiting for him all season. And then now he's, he's got the neck spasms and the shoulder injury. And, you know, you popped him in for a two-step that he was supposed to have last week. Now he won't get it this week. Now he may or may not go in the IL. You spent a third round pick on him. Just so much going on. So maybe it's, you know, it, it's too early for burnout. It's still early May. And uh, I got to remember that it's a really long season and uh, just got to deal with it. And also it's a game. Yeah, so my wife, Brandy, she tells me on bad nights uh, because I've had a few of those. Uh, We call them good nights or bad nights uh, when it comes to fantasy baseball. And uh, she can obviously tell when there are bad nights. Uh, A Kevin Gossman blow up would be considered a bad night in the Davis household. Um, So I I understand where you're coming from um, in all sorts of aspects. Uh, So my Vegas main event that has Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer um that doesn't sound awesome does it uh but it's hanging in there it's 22nd overall has 120 and a half points uh so we're surviving right we're finding other ways so you got to continue to grind you got to continue to you can't wear it by the way you can't continue one day you can get pissed off for a little bit um have a beer go outside read a book you know don't watch baseball uh i I definitely recommend that kind of just change the tune catch up on a tv show um, that you, you're kind of, you know, put on the side because you've been watching too much baseball, um, on another team, it's been doing okay, not great. And it has started off really rough. It's been one of those teams that have the bad ratios, a 1.2 or coming into the week, it was at 1.31, uh, the whip, I believe 1.3, 1.31. And then the ERA was 1.3, um, that's ERA 1.3. 4.3. Okay. Okay. Hey, that's, oh, that's yeah. Oh, sorry. Like I, was saying, aver- I was going off whip. Yeah. So four, that's average. I guess that's not that bad now, but that's after John. So here, but this is what I'm saying here. I'm trying to, I'm going to paint a sunny picture. John Gray, Marcus Stroman, Charlie Morton and Aaron Nola. So they haven't been that great, uh, excluding Marcus Stroman, but those four have gone. Uh, and two of them are still going right now, which they'll probably shit the bed now that I'm discussing them while they're pitching. Um, but things can change quickly, right? If you ha- those bad outings can, I know it's harder to change it back to the positive side of things to get those numbers down. It's much easier to spike, 
but you can still get them down. We're still early enough in the season that you can get things down. And I think the big question with this conversation that we're having is, is when do you think that we can start looking at our league standings, not necessarily the overall, let's consider this a, a league standpoint from now um, at these categories, at these ratios, at, at where you're at and then, and think, okay, I got to do something different. I got to change my tune because now things really aren't changing like I had hoped. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. There's, I still think that there, we're still early enough in the season though, where I, I wouldn't freak out too much unless, unless your team's a total fucking train wreck. I mean, that could, that could possibly really be a scenario for, for you. Um, but for even, even the teams that I feel shitty about, I don't feel that shitty about. And, and I'm probably over analyzing it. Cause a lot of these, I mean, I, I do have some, some main events that, I mean, the pitching are, uh, is just a disaster and, and they're bottom five in the league. And then I have some really good teams. I think most of my DCs are anywhere between first and fourth. My super auction that I'm, I'm very uh, excited about is is off to a good start. It's danced through, through raindrops on, on the pitching side. Uh, but yeah, I was going to say, I think, you know, stepping away and uh, it, not always just obsessing on it is is really important because we have to remember what a long season it is. And it's, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of stress. I I remember it was last Wednesday, I think. I had the day off, and I was really pumped up. It was going to be Joey Lucchese in the morning, and then Brandon Fott's debut. I was so excited, man. And I can't tell you. I don't remember the last time I was so tilted from uh, from from baseball occurrences. And this is separate of DFS. Like, you know, when you have a bad DFS day, you just like, you're like, man, I just spent all this time researching and now my stacks aren't hitting. My pitcher just got shelled. This sucks. I'm pissed, you know, and, and, and obviously sometimes it even affects the the home life and you don't want to do that. You don't want to be that, that dad, that husband. Right. Right. But I've been playing a lot less DFS. I'd probably be tilting more. So this was one of those days where I, uh, I, I was really affected just by standard fantasy, uh, just by what was happening. And so obviously Casey only pitched like a few innings and or like three innings got shelled and then Brandon fought um, absolutely destroyed and and he was good. He was solid for, for, you know, for about four innings or so. And then just, you know, just disaster city that last inning where, you know, Adoles, I think we talked about last week, Adoles Garcia was coming up. And, and so after that, I just stepped away. I took a few hours away. I, did, I think I posted something cryptic on, on Twitter on about <laughs> subtweeting. Uh, and I just laid, laid back, you know, in, in, it was nice. You know, I did some other things. I did grab a book I uh, hadn't read in a while. thought that was important. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, got to keep the mentals right. It's a long season. We're all, you know, subjected to it. Um, but about recency bias, uh, specifically about that, um, what is it? Is it is it just me where we have like a certain per perception of certain players just based on kind of what they have done in the last week or two? Like if you were to post a poll of, say, four pitchers, uh, now versus um, a month from now, and they're, they're having completely different results. A lot of times, the results of this poll will be affected by literally what the pitcher had just done, and we forget sometimes, right? Like a lot of people think like Brett Rooker, Brent Rooker's like the 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 next coming. Like this is the major, you know, uh, he's going to be amazing. But Tyler O'Neill's going to suck. And I mean, I always bring him up as an example. But man, it's such a long season. Be patient with it. Um, my point about this is like, for example, Tanner Bybee, right? Came in, had those first couple starts, and that's kind of our only perception of him. Like, this dude is just nails, always nails in the minors. Like, you almost can't foresee what had happened to him against the Tigers. It was almost like weird to you, right? 
And same thing with Bryce Miller now. He's had two, came out of nowhere. Most people hadn't even heard of him except for the deep prospect people. Comes in, two straight gems, second one against the Astros. And now, if for whatever reason he gets shelled in his next start, I, I think it's Detroit. I'm sure he'll be fine, but you never know. Like, it, you know what I'm saying? Like, like perspectives change so much. And we got to realize that, like, literally any pitcher can get blasted at any time. And just because everything is sailing so well, doesn't mean it's going to continue to like it did for like a Justin Verlander last year, all season long. I don't think that this is going to be the case, but, um, but for what you're saying to sort of piggyback that um, you could also have somebody that's been doing really bad. Let's use Max Scherzer as that example. And he could potentially still start this weekend. Right. And it's been another pushback. So he's had two setbacks now from, uh, we'll call it his fake IL stint slash suspension. And then uh, now that he, he was sort of barking and talking about what his ailment right now with the shoulder and the scapula or whatever, um, he's being pushed back. And, and right now we're currently reading that he's supposed to start this weekend. So look, I don't think this is going to happen, but let's say he goes out there and pitches seven innings with eight strikeouts. It, would, it wouldn't shock me. You know, and, and then things just become right for him. You know, maybe the time off was needed. And, I, you know, that's just one example. But I do think some of these pitchers are going to get right. I, I I, think some that were an obvious fade for me or a fade for myself, not an obvious one, but, you know, pitchers going in that I was out on. And if they are, are performing poor, um, I'm probably telling myself right now, oh, great. I, I feel good about that. Um, and then there's pitchers. If I was coming into this season feeling great about some, I don't feel great about anymore. Uh, and then there's some that I do. So, um, you know, you do have to look at things differently now, but I still think that you need to sort of trust the process. If, if your team's healthy and, um, you know, others, all of us are taking these welts, right? I even tweeted Zach Eflin's the one taking the welts tonight. And then after that, he didn't, he still went six innings and only allowed four, four earned runs. That's probably considered a gem at this point, but, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Like we're all, we're all taking them. We're all mm -hmm. getting hit with mm -hmm. them. So, um, you, you gotta just, it, it's all, it's, you know, uh, well, right. It's a don't make emotional decisions thing, right? So yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah, great, great point. Yes, and and don't let that reflect in in your in your fact too, right? Overspending so, next week or the week after that, et cetera, or cutting somebody because they haven't performed for a week mm -hmm. or two. Um, yep. Yes, yes. Absolutely. I mean, I I looked at one of my main events where I uh, had just had bad closers luck, and the closers themselves haven't been all that bad. Am I really worried about Ryan Helsley over the long term? No, I'm not. I think. He's fine. Obviously, he doesn't look like the same guy that he he was last year, where he was just absolutely unhittable. Uh, and and I mean, and you know, Gallegos, Giovanni Gallegos, basically buried himself in his own grave over the last week. And so Helsley's back in that spot. Obviously, at some point, the Cardinals are going to be winning ball games. Yeah, you know, they're not going to be on this you know, ice cold streak. Maybe it'll take an Ollie Marmel firing, uh, but at some point, they'll get going. He'll get regular save ops. Uh, and so in these cases. I didn't have a Jason Adam to bid on. Uh, I don't think Michael King was available, but I, I was hurting. And I knew if at some point Helsley will get back there, but I was looking at my team and, and I do look at week to week results on all of my teams. Uh, and I had noticed that it had one save over the last two weeks and it was uh, really hurt. So on this team, I, I picked up, you know, like a $27, I think Mark Leiter, 
uh, $27 Zach Jackson, who I think is going to pretty much hold things down for the ace. They really have no one else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll just roll with it. Let's see, you know, let's see how that goes. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, you know, I've been hurt by the whole uh, bruised old Gratterall thing. Uh, just, you just never know, right? I got, you know, somebody trolling me like, oh, look, Evan Phillips got another save because I've been kind of on that Gratterall train. Um, <laughs> but you, yeah. but the that's, next that's, week, that's going to be a committee situation, by the way. It, so auction A is going to be Phillips, but you will see similar to Holmes. If like we've seen Aaron Boone, sorry to cut you off, but this, let's bring that up. Um, Bruzar is going to get saves and so is Evan Phillips. Evan Phillips should see the majority of them. But similarly to like when Boone said previously before Clay Holmes has just crumbled, uh, you know, if I'm if we're playing the Blue Jays and it's the eighth inning and Bo Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and George Springer and, you know, those guys are coming up, I'm going to use Holmes in that situation. That's sim- similarly to what Dave Roberts is going to do with Evan Phillips and the twins will use that with Yon Duran at times. You're, you're going to be seeing Ruzar Gratterall be that option B to come in and, you know, kind of piggyback and, and clean up after mm-hmm. Evan Phillips. So they're they're both going to be worthy because of, look at the win percentages for the team too. That's the important part. On a, t- on a team like that, n- no, if there was an option A and an option B, high leverage guy and, a, and, a, and another guy that could get saves, but the team winning percentage is hovering at 500 or below, you know, for, for the rest of the season projection or outlook, right? Foreseeable future. Um, or if it's going to be where the Dodgers are at or 600 plus percentage, 700 percentage, then yeah, you can harness one or two of these guys, you know, like the Minnesota twins with Duran and Lopez, et cetera. But if it's the Oakland A's, it might be Zach Jackson, but I don't want whoever the hell else is option B. If there's an option B in a committee, I don't want anything mm-hmm. to do with the committee right there, yep. you know, and, and even the Cubs situation right now, um, I don't want to get into who it should be or could be, but I don't really it's tough to, you know, with some of these teams to kind of play with that game, play that, play with that fire. So, yep. Yep. And, and then I just like Bruce Dar. <laughs> I do. I do too. I know he, he doesn't really, he doesn't seem to have the like full on wild swing and miss stuff. Um, at least, I mean, he's not racking up the K's unfortunately, but, uh, and you know, giving up runs here and there, but, uh, but yeah, they are you're addressing right. that with him too. They, they are, they're trying to work on getting a second pitch and the usage up on it. And then, mm-hmm. They're hoping for more swing and miss and then the location on where they're kind of where he's putting it. So nice. hopefully that'll turn around. It's the Dodgers. It's it's Bruzar, right? He has he has the velocity. So hopefully good things will follow. Um, and on the Max Scherzer point, by the way, uh, yeah. 
I feel bad because I have had a couple people ask me about uh, some some trade offers. Just some subscribers, some friends have been been asking, you know, hey, I want to trade him you know, now for this for that, and I've been against it. And this was even before whatever happened today, and he got scratched. My main concern is that you're not going to get much back for it, right? It depends on what right. the trade offer is. There could be, you know, there could be something really good on the table, and you just want to kind of back away from it. Uh, but I, I think the value is about as low as it gets. And if you're in trade leagues, you really want to avoid those type of situations um, unless you're just completely out. That's a whole different thing. Uh, but for me, honestly, because it is the second week of May, I would rather him miss this week. I'll take my my lumps and just get him right. Because with Max Scherzer is healthy and even still at this age, he's going to be good. He's going to be not even good. He's going to be better than good. That's what I want, and I want it for the long haul. I don't want to have to deal with this all year. So if it means having to take my lumps over the, this next week, put them on the IL if you have to. Do whatever you can. But what will you get in return um, right now in a trade offer in, in any kind of competitive league? It's not going to be what you know the the return value be of, of his perspective of what he can do. Yeah, so the draft capital is going to be way off first and foremost. If you're looking for a 1v1, one player for Max Scherzer, we'll call it. Um, I think that you, in order to have a trade work out for you, if you were getting rid of Max Scherzer, it would be a categorical need that you are clearly identifying on your team. So let's say somebody has a player with speed um potentially and you needed a lot of speed uh and you were confident that this player is getting playing time and speed then maybe you make that deal like but other than that you know um can't look at it as like oh i'm getting this player look at this player and it's just not going to be it won't flatter you it's just not going to work yeah like someone you know someone tries to get you uh you're good say you're good in pitching someone offers you brent rooker obviously don't be a rookie you know i'm not going to take it (laughs) Wander Franco, it's a different story. Now oh, that's a guy yeah. you need. I was thinking to, like Nico Horner. <laughs> like yeah, well, he's hurt now. Right, 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 right. Uh, but yeah, that so yeah, that makes sense. Well, let's let's jump into some of these things here. First thing I wanted to mention was uh the just the players in the top 12 of, of fantasy value. And it's interesting because the top four guys right off the bat, they're all outfielders. I think the number one is very awesome because every time you look at his box score, it's just amazing. He's just you know, he's getting on base, he's running. Uh, he's just he's he's just going to run away with the 101 so long as he stays healthy. That's Ronald Acuna. And then the 2-3-4 uh, in overall fantasy value, Randy Rosarena of Tampa, Adolis Garcia, and Cody Bellinger. So there's your top four. Pretty interesting, huh? Which guy does not uh, – which of those four is not – is most likely to have the least amount of end-of-season fantasy value? Oh, man. Um that's hard to say. I, I I would well because okay, so Adelise Garcia, I don't have any, and I wrote him up as a fade for me, and so I wanted to like dive in. And the reason why I didn't like him was because of the plate discipline, um, and I thought potentially that it could be a problem. I actually used the player A B C method with you know hiding the names and showed plate discipline of Javi Baez, Adelise Garcia, and Cody Bellinger, and and in an article at FTN Fantasy and. It was just so concerning for me to see what Adelise Garcia had done the last couple of years with strikeout rate and O swing rate, screening strike rate, et cetera. And he's improving on all of that. So if you're improving on all of that and you're hitting in the middle of a lineup that's about to get Corey Seager back, by the way, um, 
and you have all this power and speed, you're fucking awesome. And I, and so it's definitely not going to be Adelise Garcia. I'm going to, I'm like willing to take my L on him. He's, he's, oh, I took it. Yeah. I already oh, took it. It's just, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, this is, uh, not to say that the Rangers are going to continue to score seven runs per game because they won't and they will go through some cold streaks. I even made a joke on Twitter like maybe they'll start to suck as soon as Seeger's back. Ironically, you know, probably not the case, but they're going to, it's going to, they're going to regress a little bit, right? Negatively regress. It's just, just natural. It's normal. Um, and hey, they, it's a competitive division. It'll, it'll be fun. It'll be interesting. Uh, but yeah, I, I would have to say Bellinger, uh, honestly, if I had to pick one of those four, I don't think our Zarina is, is, really slowing down um mm. but yeah that's a that's an interesting group there you got uh jorge mateo still hanging out there he's fifth uh marcus simeon another ranger that's her second ranger in the top six he started off not cold but he really yeah i think he only had like one home run in his first couple of weeks i mean dude's getting multiple hits per game scoring runs like crazy this is very this is a very valuable offense and i don't have enough exposure to it uh have a lot of rays don't have a lot of rangers you know say la vie uh, but Mateo and Simeon are five, six, the seven, eight are the only two pitchers in the top 12. And these are the top two pitchers in you know, fantasy, obviously Shane McClanahan and Zach gallon, your respective AL NL guys there. So Simeon um, kind of attached to Adelise Garcia from a correlation standpoint, being in the same lineup in Texas, they're about to get Corey Seager that I kind of mentioned um, briefly. So the, the, the most recent report on him is that, um, he's going to be returning soon after his rehab assignment. Uh, so I, I believe the beginning of next week. Um, but, but who is that going to impact? Who's been playing? Well, I, I wanted to mention Ezekiel Duran. Um, the quote from the manager, Bruce Bochy today was that he is going to continue to get a lot of playing time after Corey Seager returns. And that was a tweet from Evan Grant, a beat reporter from Texas, uh, back to the players. Um, Mateo dude, he's providing the biggest ROI. So, if you bought back in, shout out to you. I unfortunately didn't, and it wasn't really a fantasy talent standpoint sort of thing. It was, are you going to play all the time and where are you going to hit in the lineup thing? And um, he is doing well enough to get the playing time, and it's all, it's just combining for explosion. Shout out yeah. Sammy Reed, because I know that Sammy Reed's been riding that shit for a while. So fucking get it, boy. <laughs> the funniest thing is, I have very little Mateo. But I ended up with him on my most important <laughs> team, my super auction. Just uh, needed speed. Decided to bid on him at, at, at you know drop of a hat. I think it was you know two bucks or whatever, and I got him. And it's been a wild ride. It's been great. Funny enough, I did bench him for this half week for Zach McKinstry of all people. And part of it is, hey, I have McKinstry. I want to use him. Uh, that shouldn't be a reason to do it, obviously. But it was okay. Faces Cleveland. Yeah, they're going to see Bieber. Uh, but three righties, so he will lead off all those three games. He does run. I need stolen bases. I know Mateo does too, but Mateo had Tampa. So it was one of those tough calls. It's like running the you know the guy that's hot against the guy that kind of has the better setup. Um, plus, Mateo hits all over the lineup. You don't know where he hits. So, so far through, through two, two games, I've got uh, you know a run, an RBI, and a stolen base from McKinstry. So I'll take it. Um, so all it takes is one big Mateo game Wednesday for that to balance out. But so far happy with that uh, what ended up being a tough decision and i quote i have very little mateo no you have plenty of mateo i'm right here i'm right here right, right. <laughs> yeah you're mateo <laughs> you got right. plenty right. uh um, chris chris morell uh real quick sorry mm -hmm. but uh just hit a home run to tie the game oh. four to four so i'm sure wrigley is rocking right now so yeah just got called up 
yesterday, I believe, and wasn't in the lineup, uh, the starting lineup, and then cracked it today, uh, hitting right behind Matt Mervis, and he just hit a home run um, to tie the game there. And so nice, yeah. But, uh, oh, and I think we might get a Jose Alvarado save situation, maybe. Okay, Hopefully. we'll All see. Right. Stay tuned for that. Yeah. Our nine and ten on this top twelve is uh, Rafael Devers, and then Tyro uh, Tyro Estrada nine ten. He's hitting like three forty, stealing bases, hitting some homers. He was another popular fade for a lot of very uh, very sharp folks. And so far, uh, well, we don't know how it'll end, but so far it's uh, it's looking good for the I don't know the non sharp folks or the not looking good for the fader. I don't know. Yeah. So there's your nine ten, Rafael Devers. And uh, you think you think know. I'd be having a terrible season right now? I don't have any Rafael Devers and I don't have any Tyro Estrada. But you know what? Um, like I said, if you asked me right now how I feel about my season, I would think that I'm doing pretty good. So the point that I would provide in this scenario when talking about players, because what I mean, what are Devers and Tyro Estrada going to do for you if you don't have them? Um, would be that you can still have success without having, you know exposure to all of these guys you don't need exposure to all of these guys mm -hmm. to um to compete uh but yeah tyro estrada he's the one that's really proven me wrong uh hitting for more power than i expected already uh and now that he's at the top of the lineup and he's not being one of those platoon you know kapler ornaments yeah. um yeah he's he's rocking and rolling so definitely ready to take the l on him too because uh where where you're at in the lineup and what you're doing um it matters and the playing time's consistent. So, and kind of the only giant that's doing anything. I mean, Hanniger hasn't done anything since he's been back. Conforto's been struggling mightily. Yastrzemski's on IL. Jock Peterson's always sitting against lefties. It's uh, it's been rough. So, um, so there's your nine ten, and then finally, uh, rounding out the top twelve, two more Rays. Hey, look, two more Rays. Wander Franco, who after his I think combo meal on Tuesday, probably moves up into the top six or so. So you got Franco and then you got Yandi Diaz. So 11, 12, I will note that if you kind of look, and this is me looking at the, uh, the Rasball player Raider value. I know baseball HQ has theirs as well. That, that is really solid. But I mean, if you look at the top 50, you'll see a lot of Red Sox, a lot of Rangers in there. Alex Verdugo kind of surprised me. I think he's like 30th overall on that list. So yeah, uh, maybe. obviously my, uh, yeah, just is really good. It, it, really good. And that's for now, right? I mean, a lot of things can change. Uh, there are two catchers currently earning more than 25. One's an NL guy and rather obvious. And that's Sean Murphy, the number one catcher in baseball. You know who the other one is, right? I don't. Uh, Jonah Heim. Really? See, I wouldn't Jonah have been able to, Heim. I wouldn't have been able to guess that really. I know that he's doing Mashing. pretty well. That's I know Bubba, Bubba, uh, he's been tooting his horn on him. So go. Yeah. Good, good stuff. He's, I have him in one league and it is in the gladiator league. So, and oh, nice. it, it's, it's actually one that is, I mean, you need him. It, it feels like you're either doing really well or really bad in those. At least I am. Uh, and it's one that's doing really well. So, uh, yeah, I have a little bit of Jonah. Nice. And I saw something on, I think it was on the angels big screen. Cause the angels and Rangers were playing each other something about, I think he had a daughter recently and how they kind of missed, he missed the boat. there, not calling not naming her Anna. So Anaheim. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> um, stolen bases, by the way. So uh, we're what? through a little more than 30 games. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Can we rewind to Yandy Diaz real quick? Oh, yeah, of course. We got, I, I, um, I'd love to talk about Yandy. Yandy's Dan. Yeah. So last season, his barrel rate was 4.8%. Um, so if you're in a trade league and somebody maybe thinks that it's just a hot streak, 
um, and they're not buying into some of these adjustments or changes, uh, maybe you can get Yandy Diaz. And so the barrel rate last year was 4.8%. This year it's 13.4%. Um, but the biggest thing and is the launch angle, which has increased um, from 7.7 .7 to 10.5. And he is currently 90th percentile or more or higher, I should say, in average exit velocity, max exit velocity, hard hit rate, and expected batting average along with expected WOBA. So um, if somebody was willing to sell him and they weren't really believing, I don't know, you know, you never know. But yeah, he's awesome. So it's really great to finally see the adjustments. Only thing I worry about him is that he gets hurt because I'd love for him to just sure. stay healthy, mash all season. I mean, lead off a top of basically what looks like the best lineup of baseball. And, you know, you figured things out with the power. You're already a good contact hitter, good play discipline. I mean, it's, it's to the moon. Uh, I, I do have to pat myself on the back. I think subscribers know the uh, draft guide that we had out in December. You and I each did an article about um, identifying breakout hitters, identifying mm -hmm. breakout pitchers. My cover boy, my main guy featured was Yandy Diaz. So he was the guy that back in December, I said, I'm going to get everywhere. And of course, as draft season went on, and I do have a lot of Yandy. He is one, I think my him and Rendon are my top owned uh, rostered third baseman. But there were times where I was like, well, okay, well, you know, now I have enough of him. Let me grab a Rendon or somebody else, or I have Riley, so I don't really need. So I didn't really fully focus on him. That's another funny thing about draft season. When you draft a lot, you kind of back off certain guys that are your guys, and then later on you regret it. But anyways, yeah, Yandy. I think Brendan Donovan was on my list. And then I will shout out Eduardo Rodriguez was on your list of pitchers. So nice one there. He was the picture. He's the poster boy uh, of the article. Yeah. And then Justin Steele was number two on that list. Ooh. So. Nice. Nice. Uh, well, subscribe to ftnfantasy.com and read our post uh, pre draft. <laughs> we will tell you the future until we don't. Uh, stolen bases. Interesting note here. So we're a little bit over 30 games uh, through the season. And this time last year, in the same amount of games, there was only one guy with double digit stolen bases. That was Julio Rodriguez, the rookie. You remember he started off cold those first couple of weeks, striking out like 45%, and then uh, just went on a tear, started running. So he had 10 stolen bases at basically, you know, the 33 game point of the season. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This year, there are 10 of such guys. Uh, it's loaded, right? And obviously, Mr. Ruiz, every time I've been looking at the box score, he's just like running. Uh, he looks good. So just a little mention there about the the speed here. 
Yeah, it's definitely up. Um, he, I believe, was in your projection system to get the most stolen bases. I, yeah. It was <laughs> pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, him and Ronald Acuna Jr. are running like wild 17 and 15 apiece there. Jorge Mateo, Nico Horner. Uh, Nico Horner's day-to-day with the hamstring. I, I'm surprised that it, they didn't just put him on the aisle right away. Uh, it looked to be pretty severe. I would expect him to go on the aisle. I don't know if they're just kind of trying to just i don't know save money uh, on player yeah I, I i don't know um so yeah horner he's been doing awesome in that department cedric mullins is having another great year um cedric mullins has 28 and that's not including what he's done tonight and i know that he's gotten an rbi tonight so he's mm-hmm. at least at 29 rbis you can do cedric anybody mullins? that anybody what? that drafted cedric mullins was not anticipating 29 RBIs and he came into today 10th overall in RBI. Really? Did you yeah, so see if you even yeah. have Cedric Mullins, you don't even fucking know it if you had Cedric Mullins. I think I like I really <laughs> stay on top of all the stats and I knew gnarly. Uh you know, I've seen him batting ninth lately a little bit. I yeah. know he'd be doing well. Against but left like, DC gets buried a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, and, and, you know, an Asturi Ruiz, by the way, uh, when it came to main event season and we were drafting those those last couple of weeks, I couldn't get him. There was just no way. At that point, I had settled myself on the fact that, like, yes, I know I need speed, but I'm going to find other ways. Like, the price is just too much for the risk. I think, I think like, maybe people got in my head or I just kind of got into my own head. You know that, like, your own personal regression monster, so to speak, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, where you, uh, you're like, man, I... I, I I projected him with for the most steals, but like, but what if he doesn't lead off? And that's what did happen for early part of the season. And it was a little bit concerning. Um, but yeah, now lo and behold, leading off, um, by the way, a little bit of a youth movement there. If you look at, I mean, they're not all quite young, but if you look at that middle of the lineup, it doesn't look as bad as it did just a week ago with, uh, uh, yeah, Rooker, uh, Shea Langoliers and, uh, uh JJ Boudet. I mean, these aren't yeah. like the, biggest brightest best prospects in the world but it's not a you know it's not a bad core no it's not and they're going to get seth brown back i actually added him in the vegas auction league last week um kind of light on power there so just kind of you know trying to make a cheap uh cheap bid there and hope for something good when he comes back um so yeah i mean they've put up five runs again tonight so they are scoring a little bit more lately so Ruiz at the top, Noda, Rooker, Blade, um, Langliers, and then uh, they just missed um, Ramon Laureano is out with a concussion. So hopefully mm. uh, we never like to see those head injuries. So hopefully he's able to return soon. So once you get uh, Ramon Laureano back and you get Seth Brown back, it's, you know, maybe just maybe um, if they're in a on the road in a hitter's park, maybe we don't just immediately run to say, we should stream against them mm-hmm. fully healthy. Yep. Maybe. We'll Makes see. sense. But, yeah. One other interesting fact. Uh, so I think everyone knows uh, how amazing Luis Arias has been in the batting average department. Obviously, he's, I think, the only guy hitting over 400. He's hitting 414 currently. Uh, and, I mean, not much else. Obviously, you look, he's got one home run. Uh, Marlins aren't really scoring many runs, so he doesn't have all that many and obviously not many RBI. But he also leads majors in on base percentage of 469, which is pretty damn sweet. It's pretty nice. Uh, you know who's second? So it's a tie between our boy Yandy Diaz and Brent Rooker. 441, not too bad. He's been solid. 
I know. I know Rob D. Pietro likes him. That's he's mm. he's one of his boys. He's yeah. I mean, yeah. Look at his. Uh, he's twelve, thirteenth uh, total in RBI. Hey, having twenty six RBIs coming into today um, on the Oakland Athletics is pretty damn good. It's good. It's definitely good. <laughs> By the way, Anthony Rendon. He's he's next on that list. He's four. He's got a four thirty one on base percentage. He just hit his first home run over the weekend. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he's hitting two ninety five. I mean, sure. I. L- did you know that? No, go go. Keep going. Uh, no, sorry. I was just gonna say. I man, I, I I get re- you know. There's certain teams that you get really excited about. Certain uh, looking at their box scores. If you're not watching games and you just want to like just see like a boatload of runs, the Angels are one of my teams because I got you know you got Otani, you got Renfro, obviously Taylor Ward. I'm heavily invested in, um, and then uh, you know Rendon. So. Um, we okay, so obviously we can poop all over Rendon's uh power metrics right now, right? So there's nothing really that's gonna be there if you go, oh well, look at this, it's you know, it's happening, right? Um, you did mention that he just hit a home run, but there has been some goodness from from Rendon. If okay, I think this would shock you as well. The Cedric Mullins. So I I did actually get the incorrect part on Cedric Mullins. He didn't have an RBI tonight, so he's still at only 28, or not only. At 28, he has so Cedric Mullins has seven more RBIs than Matt Chapman, but that's my next point. If you would this surprise you that Anthony Rendon only has five less in counting stats than Matt Chapman? Um, would it surprise you? Well, he combined sounding in counting stats, RBIs, and runs combined. Um, does it surprise me? I mean, no, I mean, he's in a, a prime spot. I mean, he's in right behind, uh, Trout and Otani. So, but he's missed a little bit of time. He was cold, you know, kind of the beginning of the year, but. So not know, everything's not terrible there, right? With a 295 average. So you are getting counting stats, 295 average. And that, and he has surprisingly, uh, two stolen bases, um, which, uh, kind of is, uh, a lot for him this early in the season. It's, it's just a health thing, man. I mean, he's, he's Anthony Rendon. What he did a few years ago wasn't by accident. And, you know, that's why I get like, it really triggered when I hear like the, oh, he's washed or this and that, whatever. It's just like that. Again, going back to the original topic, the, the recency bias, the over assumptions, you know, you really dig into these players, what they've done, what they're capable of, the team context, if they're healthy, like a lot of good things can come out of this. By the way, uh, sh- uh, totally random and, and probably shouldn't be doing this on a podcast that's recording the day after, but uh, the Brewers just hit two home runs off Shelby Miller, who was, who was red hot, dude. This dude was unhittable. I think he had like a one and a half ERA, probably in the mix for saves. I think he even has a save. He just gave up a bomb to Rowdy Telez and then a bomb two batters later to uh, Victor Caratini. That's how it was last night when I was there. Um, Joey Wimmer went deep. Willie Adamas went deep. I uh, think they put on a total of nine runs on the Dodgers. So yeah, the, the Dodgers seem just a little bit thin still right now in the pitching department, don't they? Yeah. I was going to mention, uh, um, tell me if you think this is a mistake or not. Well, maybe it's not I me. Mean, I'm just setting up for, you know, something here, but, uh, to kind of pat myself on the back again, but I don't know <laughs> if it's going to work out, but all I would say is I picked up a couple of Gavin stones for whatever reason. He was calling out to me because he was optioned because he didn't have that good first start. And again, going back to the whole topic of, you know, what have you done for me lately? Well, now he's in the minors and, uh, and Hey, Noah Syndergaard, don't trust him. Don't like him. Uh, I think he's, you know, best suited as middle relief guy, if anything. And he had like, what, some weird blister on his finger and was pulled after one inning. Um, did you see it? I saw a photo. 
Okay. Yeah, it was pretty bad and it looked gross. Um, and if you're familiar, I don't know, the first person, they mentioned Josh Beckett as in, um, their example on the broadcast for the Dodgers. That's who they you know, were kind of just trying to give an example to fans that were watching the game as to um, the time missed, right? I think that that's the big underlying underlining thing here is this is going to be an IL stint. Um, it will take time to heal. I think the most recent one for the Dodgers for me that I would think of most commonly was when Rich Hill would go on the IL when he would pitch awesome. And then he would just all of a sudden miss two, three weeks, right? Mm -hmm. Because he was out with a blister. So um, there will be a layer or layers of severity of it because of the the skin that's going to be missed and what popped. And um, he's going to need that back, especially to be able to grip that sinker and the slider, et cetera. So um, yeah. Well, okay, you're uh, Kevin Stone's going to get called up, and he pitched a, a, a should I say career high? No, season high, ninety-one pitches tonight for Stone in the nice. AAA. Uh, no worries. That uh, I, I mean, Pepio. I read something about him today. I think he's kind of getting back in there. He's just throwing the live hitters, yeah. So it's not happening anytime he's soon. Good. Plus, he's on the sixty-day IL. Yeah, he's not. So he's not back for another. I mean, he's at best early June, uh, mid June. Yeah, so we're not worried about that. Bobby Miller ain't ready. I saw him him get blasted. I mean, he's just kind of back in the mix the last few weeks, and he got blasted, I think, in his first uh, start uh, in the minors. But, yeah, Gavin Stone, he'll be back. He'll be next. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, there's – and, um, yeah, not sneaky, Ryan Pepio. I, I, right when you said uh, his name, I was like, that could be sneaky. But, no, him him and Michael Grove, uh, Pepio and Grove. Um, so they just did start throwing to hitters, and they are not near rehab assignments yet. So – um, especially with seeing 91 pitches tonight for Gavin Stone, and he's right in line with Noah Syndergaard, right? Same time frame. Um, potentially, we could be seeing a two-step uh, next week for Gavin Stone. It's interesting. I would like to pull up the free – he's not going to be available in a main event, is he? Or I know he, I'm would, sure. he might be in some OCs. I'm sure um, people dropped him this past week. I mean, so he, was, he, he was available. Oh, wow. I got him in my auction. I got him in an OC. Twenty-three percent. He so he's available in seventy-seven percent of OCs, and in the main event, Gavin Stone is available in twenty-six percent. There we go. There we go. Yep. If you got any money left, yeah. Yeah. Oh it's going to cost. We we'll look at the schedule too. That isn't it crazy when sometimes they line up for a two-step and that just costs just a little bit more because they uh, they have a seven-game set and he pitched tonight ninety-one pitches. So the Dodgers have uh, four more games this week, which puts him in line to face Minnesota at home at Dodger Stadium and then on the road at St. Louis. By the way, how much did that gem from his second start, Bryce Miller of the Seattle Mariners, how much did that gem increase? Because he his average winning bid price was more than yeah. uh, Tanner Bybee's. And yeah, you know, I, I talk some shit on Twitter here and there and and, and I mean, I hope people kind of take it all with a grain of salt. Like I'm not like, you know, bitter, sure. uh, uh, like, oh, he's not worth it. Like, what do I know? All right. Like we, we don't know how these things are going to work out. I can make my educated assumptions, whatnot. He could end up being the best guy of this whole group. Maybe it's Mason Miller. Maybe he comes back and, you know, that, that we know that he has no structural damage. Like maybe he's the guy, maybe it's, but we don't know. Maybe the guy hasn't come, come yet. Right. So when I say that you know, on Twitter, I don't, you know, I don't want people to, to get agitated and just, realize it's a lot of the stuff is tongue in cheek, but I wonder would have he have gone for under a hundred if say he gave up six earned runs. 
on that Sunday start? So there's a lot to these concoctions, man. Um, the it's, team. It's so wild, the, huh? the first team was the Oakland A's. So when you first saw him right before he was available in fab, it was the A's. And so then you go, well, okay, let's look at the next star. And it's the Houston Astros. And he pitches very good against the Houston Astros. So it's two consistent starts. So you get back-to-back starts. That's one part in the drink. And then you have the Houston Astros as the, the second team. That's another part in this, this cocktail. Uh, you shake it up and it costs more. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. it, you know, it's just the, it's everything lining up. Like with Stone. Stone had a bad outing, but now it's going to be a two-step. Yeah, so that's my favorite thing in fantasy. That's what really makes me feel good. It's not even just like a, a, a certain pitcher having a good game, you know, or my hitter hitting two home runs in the game. It is scooping up those values. Like the uh, in two OCs last week, uh, a day before he got called up, I got two $6 Matt Mervises. That felt good, right? Yeah. Uh, the next week, yeah, I bid, uh, you know, 120 for him in, in some other league where, where I wanted him. But like those $6 ones felt good. I'm hoping my $8 Gavin Stones feel good. But that's like a big part of the game for me is getting that like not even last year's, but it's the last week's bum, right? Last week's bum, drop, forgot about, um, you know, and it's different. Like in the case of Brandon Fott, for example, like you know, by the time people are listening to this, we already know how his start would have gone. But it's different, right? Because he's kind of already on on the bubble after that first start. I mean, just to be honest, yes, if he does not pitch well this Tuesday, um, uh, he could get sent down. They don't really have anyone else. I don't, I don't know what they're going to do about it. Um, but if he has two bad starts this week, he will easily get either, if not demoted, he will at least get dropped on most teams. So that's a little bit of a different situation, but um, yeah, I'm just rambling here, but you know what I mean? But, no, I do. But, and I think it's important that um, you, you highlight and understand like those are the pieces that keep your ship afloat because if Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom aren't working out, you do need $5 Bailey over two weeks ago. Um, and so continue mining and looking for the next potential profit uh before it's you know going to cost exponentially more it's going to cost a lot more um so yeah uh, always go to free agency when you have time what i do too what i do when i'm looking i i when i have the time um i like to look at each position through each team in the availability so, you know, for each league. So yes. looking at, you know, middle infield and corner infield and then going to pitching and then, you know, and that that's how, how I kind of, um, which helps me for the FT and bullpen report is looking at the upcoming schedule along with, you know, the pitchers and who's available for each team when it comes to relievers, if I'm in a pinch for um, pitching because the starting pitching pool and streaming is just not it. So, yeah, mm-hmm. there's still time to correct things. Yes, yes, yes. And especially for a lot of teams that have spent a lot of money. Uh, obviously, Todd Whitestone, our colleague at FTN, who does the free article, uh, White, Whitestone's Waiver Watch, he covers a lot of that. Uh, and then also our friend, uh, um, friend for some, um, enemy to a few, Zach Waxman, who's a you know, really sharp dude. Uh, he has something that he basically is, uh, that, that stood out to me, is he, he tracks the uh, aggregate spend in the main events. And apparently we collectively as main event players have spent a hundred dollars more at this point of the season, approximately approximately that much than we did this time last season. So a lot less money to go. And every week there's a new starting pitcher to bid on. Right. And and it's not, it doesn't seem like it's going to end anytime soon. Right. At some point 
Yuri Perez will be up for uh, for Miami. Um, you know, the, 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 Matt Libertori will be up. Um, so yeah, it's it, Gavin Stone this this coming week. It's Gavin Williams at some point. It's it's nonstop in this economy. That's going to be yeah, yeah, what I economy. thought. Like wow. And I actually asked Zach uh, that question on Monday morning um, on the FTN Fantasy Baseball podcast about. Uh, what is up with all this money being spent? And it is it is obviously a combination of just so much shitty pitching and poor performances. And then each week we have been seeing, uh, mostly from the pitching side, but also this upcoming week we had Matt Mervis, uh, but you know the Tanner Bybee and Logan Allen and the Millers and etc. Um, it's just been coming in waves, and it's you can't stop and help yourself, and especially if you need it, we're needing it more than ever. We're needing. We're needing them as saviors, not just to even go, oh, okay, as depth. Like, even if you have depth, you're bidding on these guys triple digits. You know who I feel like I missed out on, though? Uh, the, uh, I really missed out. I really feel like Logan Allen is going to be really good. I mean, he already looks really good. I like good, him. But man. Got him but in even, two mains. Even those bids were high. I don't know. What did you spend for him? Because he was going, like, high hundreds, low 200s. 169 and 180. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, man. That's crazy how much we're, we're spending. I have like three to 400 bucks on most of my teams. I don't know how I'm going to make it uh, fit over the next <laughs> few months, especially when I see some of these, like, you know, they're, they're players out there. Like, okay. So first of all, the main event overall leader, Mike major, who is amazing, a uh, fantastic player. Yeah. Heard him on uh Di Pietro's podcast not too long ago with uh, Mark Winoker. That was, I learned a lot by the way, listening to those guys and listening to different people's processes, but like he's in my, live main event where he hasn't relinquished first place over this you know the last month and a half and he's got like almost all of his fab it's really crazy oh baby um i got doug roth in another one of my leagues who just like he's just sitting on like 950 i'm like i'm scared i'm just sitting here like just like shut you know what are you doing dougie i don't know, I know but Doug, doug's but a friend of the fine. podcast okay but that's the thing he's a good player and he's fine and i hate that when i have other you know, I'm the I'm the sucker. I'm spending all my money in fab, and maybe I won't be right. Maybe I can I'll win some of these leagues or, or compete. But um, man, it's like, you know, what, what you're gonna and they're gonna have just the the hammer on everything, whoever they want. At some point, they'll just be able to get whoever they want. Can you explain this to me? Okay, so in one of my Vegas main event leagues, there are three teams with less than three hundred dollars remaining. There is a team with $1,000 with their full budget remaining after seven weeks. How does that happen? Uh, well, I mean, it's obviously case dependent, but it could be a new player, right? Or it could be, I mean, I don't think somebody quit fat. I mean, just like, uh, I mean, I don't, you probably don't want to help the name. Actually, maybe that does explain it. Um, Michael Brantley, Carson Kelly. Oh, wow. You just gave up. Kendall Graveman. AJ Pollock. Oh, I didn't even know that there was a dead team in the league. Wow. Well, good for you. Oh, groovy. Party mm-hmm. on. All right. Well, yeah, that happens. that happens. I didn't, I really didn't know. I just thought he wasn't being like that active via fab, but, um, or maybe he doesn't know how to use fab or I don't know. Maybe no, it's no. It's, uh, that's somebody who just, <laughs> just, uh, I mean, yeah. It's like that one person, remember years ago at a main event where somebody, was just like uh, he was just there in town from his wife uh, with his wife and like like fantasy baseball and just it just so happened somebody couldn't make the main event or gave up or quit or something and then this guy just rolled up and got to draft live you know they, they took him in took his money and he just sat down and it's like it was like 
for him, apparently it was just like the greatest experience of his life, right? Like you didn't expect that you came to Vegas. What? There's a fantasy baseball live draft community. Like, you know, wow. So the team isn't in last place though. So it's hanging in there. It's not in last. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I, yeah. It's, I just, I always, you, you, right. It's just, it, they, this is always a dead team, I guess, when you have a full budget this at this point, unless things are going really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll have to ask you about this uh, this after the pod. A, a few other pitchers wanted to mention um, just because uh, there's some fantasy relevance with the rotation. One is James Paxton. Uh, so he joins on Friday. I don't think a lot of people have high hopes, expectations here. Uh, so he'll he'll face the uh, the Cardinals on uh, on Friday. Uh, somebody's got to get bumped, right? Um, I have been a huge Tanner Hawk guy, just a guy that. You know, a case of me thinking I'm smarter than uh, than, you know, professional fantasy. I'm sorry, professional real life uh, front offices and managers. <laughs> thinking, hey, why, why do you keep messing with Tanner Hawk? Why do you keep sending him to, you know, the minors to, you know, the middle relief, this and that. Just let him start. Let him pitch. Well, now I'm seeing why he's got a series of uh, trends in from you know dating back to last season to this season. He is not a deep guy. He's not maybe really a starting pitcher. And. I hate to use the uh, ERA. Uh, Jeff Zimmerman probably doesn't listen to the show, so I can mention ERA regardless. But uh, a 108 ERA, his first time through the order this season, a near 5 ERA the second time through the order, and a 16 ERA the third time through the order on Tanner Hawk. So that tells you something. And, you know, and you know, look back to a lot of his starts. I mean, even going back to last season, he's always just like unhittable those first couple innings and then just kind of loses it. Um, so maybe he's not meant for it. You know, that's why they're piggybacking him and things like that. But if Paxson stays healthy and Brian Bellow looks good and Whitlock is back and he's healthy, something's got to give right at some point, there has to be some movement. Um, it could be Nick Pavetta, like Nick Pavetta continuously sucks. So at some point, if everybody's <laughs> on point, everyone's banging, maybe you, you know, you piggyback with him or you, you know, you, you please sack him or, or something. I think he just sucks. Yeah. I think. He gave up at least another seven today against Atlanta. Um, Just be my boy, Blue. But I, I think Tanner Houck would also be better in the bullpen, too. So you mentioned him kind of sizzling out as uh, the, the pitch count goes up. Um, you know, the, the strikeout rates were pretty high for him in his first four games. Oh, well, three of those four games. But then after that, um, he hasn't had a game with a, a strikeout rate at 20% or higher. So his last three outings strikeout rates of 8%, 18.5%, and 18.2%. That's just not going to cut it, and I do think that he would be more effective as um, somebody in middle relief. Um, so, yeah, continue to monitor that. And then the James Paxson thing, that's that's going to be interesting to see how much burn he's going to be able to give his fantasy managers. He's mm-hmm. currently available in 38% of main, main event leagues in the NFC. Yep. And then now, speaking of the whole, uh, you know, Gavin Stone coming back, um, we have another fresh situation going on in Atlanta. Obviously, this is one of the teams that you want to have starting pitchers for because you know you will have a higher percentage chance of nabbing some wins because they provide a lot of run support. But Max Freed, unfortunately, he's on the 15-day IL with a forearm strain. They do not believe it to be Tommy John-related, uh, but they also say that it will not be short-term. So now we're back to where, you know, the back to the drawing board where we were in the beginning of the season with all the Jared Schuster hype. Um, I haven't looked back. I haven't seen what he's done Schuster over the last couple of weeks, but now they need him. My first thought, first point is 
Bryce Elder's safe as hell. Like, dude is just, he's in, he's locked in the rotation. He can even give up some runs. He's going to stick around because, um, you know, this, this rotation is dragging. So, you know, Frito's will be out, I think, for at least a month, month and a half. Um, so, and Dylan Dodd's start did not go too well when he came up and, and stepped in last weekend. So maybe if Jared Schuster pitches well at Boston this week, and then he has a two-step next week, by the way, all of a sudden, Hey, we got more money to spend, spend up people spend up. Yeah. Um, Jared Schuster is likely to start tomorrow. So if you're looking at the MLB app and you cruise down to the Braves game, it says TBD. Yeah, and uh, it's likely to be Schuster. So he's coming off regular rest, should be ready to roll. It'll be interesting because you kind of mentioned earlier about, you know, the the good performance right before Fab. Um, He did not pitch good when he was in the majors the first time, but there was some serious hype around him. He started going within inside the top 20 rounds in the main event. So um, people started to really buy in on Schuster. And if he does pitch, yeah, and if he does pitch well, the Fab will uh, most certainly cost more uh than if he doesn't and um i'm looking here he's, he's yeah he's been pretty sharp uh outside of the walk rate but uh four starts in the minors he's one and oh and he's got uh two and a half era with a fip and exit double that by the way well over five and then uh 21 strikeout rate not great a 16 percent walk rate very bad but uh but anyways it won't matter because if he throws a gem, if he throws a gem against the Boston Red Sox and he has a two-step next week, big money will be thrown. You see this? Look at me. You're doing the Dikemi Matumbo finger to me? No, no, no. The very bad. Very oh, bad. Man. Very bad. <laughs> very, very bring bad. up, bring up. Uh, I'm excited for this next one. Oh, uh, which one? Chase Silsa. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, man, I, I feel, you know, Sometimes you make good bad decisions and not bad decisions, but like money wise. So like somebody like me who was already going with like 400 bucks going into the week. And I wrote up in the Sunday update that Chase Silth Seth should be in the range, like below TJ France, but like right around there with TJ France, Adam Wainwright in 15 teamers. And I really thought he was going to go for like 30 plus, even though he got bombed in the Sunday game. So he stepped in for uh, and pitched a few innings of relief. Uh, and you know, the Rangers just rangered him, I think, uh, five runs and, uh, and it didn't look good. And so I should have been able to just grab him for single digits. I ended up spending like 25, 35 unopposed in some cases, not unopposed. It was like, you know, $8 back up. So I could have had him cheap instead. I overspent. Um, and there's a psychology there where now you're almost a little bit committed because, um, you know, now you have him and you spent the money on him. So you want to kind of have him pay off for you. Um, that's never a wise you know, way to go, but he does have a rotation spot. He is that was the top pitching prospect for the angels. Uh, we saw him pitch a little bit last season with, you know, mixed results. Uh, but, uh, but friend of the pod, friend of, of mine, Matt Medica is a, is a big fan. So Matt, hopefully Matt is right. And Chase Silseth uh, can perform for my roto teams. 
Yeah, you know, the poor performance against uh, the Texas Rangers could be a blessing in disguise uh, because if he did come into that relief appearance and pitch good, that fab would have cost more than the 2% that you were talking about, even though the 2% was higher than you needed to spend. Zach Waxman and I actually talking on the, the Monday with Matty Wood episode uh, blamed you for the 2% that we both spent on him as well uh, because we were both at, we thought we could have snuck him in at like 2 to $5. And then at, in your Sunday update uh, in the fab report at FT, end oh yeah uh you 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 right. you were saying you know kind of sit around that two percent so we 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 trusted you uh and we went up to it but we were happy to get him um and i think that uh, that that bad performance uh it's tough to just hey the starting pitcher you weren't you know expecting to come in and get all this bulk and um who knows uh he maybe the timing wasn't right with preparation um in that scenario uh, being thrusted in like that so hopefully the next time around uh he does face the cleveland guardians like you mentioned which is a really tough team they're one of only four teams with a strikeout rate um of 20 percent or less actually i'm sorry there's uh, mm -hmm. two more teams the mets and the blue jays as well but yeah so the, the 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 guardians are stingy so i you you and i kind of we texted about starting him this week um, and if we weren't necessarily in a in a corner you know and didn't have to uh we both kind of concurred to just sit him aside this week. And then next week, I think against the Minnesota twins is when you should roll him out. Uh, the Minnesota twins currently have coming into today, the third highest strikeout rate in all of baseball, small sample size. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, a nearly a 26% strikeout rate is something. And um, it'll be uh, what his third long outing in the majors this time or at that, at that point. So I think that the pitch count, as well, that was kind of a concern with me for this outing against the Guardians. They're pesky. They don't strike out a lot. The pitch count uh, might not fully, fully still be there. I think he was at 70 pitches or something like that in his last outing. So um, a little increase there uh, in the third outing that we would see against the Minnesota Twins, who have the third highest strikeout rate. So, yeah, I think that that will be the coming out party. But you will have to add him if you want to try and get that uh, this weekend. He's available in 32%. Of NFBC main event leagues, that's Chase Silseth, and um, hopefully, if you're wanting him, then maybe he doesn't look that great against the Guardians. I don't know. We've already mentioned that um, the pitcher's performance has been, you know, definitely impacting the cost of Fab. Yeah, one quick thing on him: uh, if you dig into him last season, and this is kind of the one issue with Chase Silseth is patient teams. Uh, he's not going to get through. Um, yeah. He's he's not going to even qualify for the win. So last season, and this is just you know, just just um, uh, you look at last season. He made seven starts. His first start of last season was in mid-May, right around this time last year. He threw six innings. It was a gem. It was six scoreless innings against the A's. Well, obviously, weren't a good offense at this point last year either. Uh, and then he made six more starts between then and the end of July. None of which got into the fifth inning. So, you know, patient teams and him kind of losing things towards the end, that could end up being an issue. Hopefully some things he's figured out uh, for this season, but that's something really to uh, to watch with uh, with, with Chase Elson. Yeah, I'd rather um, watch that on my bench for 2% than pony up 20 plus percent for something real bad. Yep. Well, uh, I think that's about it. Just mentioned that the Reds go play three games in Coors this weekend, uh, and um, I don't know, man. This is I like I like these shows. We we didn't even cover a lot of the topics that we had here. Um, I mean, a lot of the individual players. It would have been more boring if we're like, oh, Starling Marte moved to hitting sixth, but he has ninth stolen base. Like he went know, two we, for we just, four tonight, so maybe that wakes him up. 
Speaking of waking up, um, last thing I'll mention, Jerks and Profar moved to seventh in his order on Tuesday, two home runs. So sometimes that works, you know, motivate your move your move your third baseman to utility and maybe he'll perform. Absolutely. Well, I had a good time tonight. It was fun. Thank you, everybody, for listening. For Matthew Maddywood Davis, I'm Vlad Sedler. This is the FTN Fantasy Baseball Podcast, and we'll catch you next week. Mm-hmm.